The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Hurling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Hurling, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, but the part, late. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pace. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. On today's episode, we have the man to answer all the refereeing concerns that everyone has had after the first two rounds of the Hurling League. This man played for Wexford, was a selector for Wexford, and has refereed four All-Ireland Senior Hurling Finals, as well as numerous Under-21 and Club All-Ireland Finals and Leinster Finals, and you name it. Dickie Murphy is probably one of the most respected referees, and we chatted to him last week after the first round of the Hurling League. We've just had the second round of the Hurling League, Ben, and adding to the refereeing concerns, there seems to be concerns in general about the game. Is the game gone, Ben? Personally, I don't think it's gone just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know if you've been following social media, uh, but half half of the prominent Hurling people on social media have been putting out posts saying that after this weekend's games, that, it, that the game they know is gone and it's not the same. What are your thoughts? Well, like, there's no getting away from it. There is too many frees. Jackie Terrell said it the other night on the Sunday game. Numerous players getting double digits of frees scored. Jason Ford, 10. Alan Murphy, I think, 9. Donald Burke scored 15 place balls. No getting away from, and there was a few soft frees. There's cotton wool frees, as Jackie Terrell liked to call them. Have you ever got a cotton wool free? I'm sure I have. I'm sure I've given away many, uh, at least in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion, I'm sure there were cotton wool frees. And then we had uh, John Kiley's rant as well. Uh, was it sour grapes, or has he got a point that in the two games so far, Limerick have given away far more frees than they've got themselves? I'd say he definitely has a point. Again, Terrell said he's 100% correct. He has a point, but it also suits... His, the point he's making is of benefit to his team. It distracts from a loss and a draw. No wins out of two. And because the way they play, I suppose, they're they're on the edge. So they want more physicality. And do, do you think it suits, or, or not the suits, you said that it suits, do you think uh, the timing of the rant was a little bit mistimed after a loss, or maybe after a draw and a loss, because it does now sound more like sour grapes than uh, a, a proper point that he's trying to make? No, I'd say it was perfectly timed, because now people are talking about the rules and the free count, and they're not talking about Limerick no win in two games. All Ireland like, champions on the ropes. I'm t- I'm talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah, Limerick 
Limerick, they do tackle quite intensely and in numbers. And I don't know, I haven't gone back over the game to see how many should or shouldn't have been freezed. Something that annoyed me was um, in the Tip Cork game, steps. There were steps given twice for probably just the four steps. I think the second time was only three steps. This is always the way in the league, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and I, I, from our conversation with Dicky, I think we'll get we, we we get into that. That is it, just like relax, lads. We're two games into the league, which is a glorified friendly competition in lead up to a championship. Like things will things will be fine when championship comes, or is is there a real reason to be concerned? I don't think so. It's good that people are giving out about though, just to make sure it doesn't happen. But I think yeah, things and, will calm down. And is that why people are giving out so strongly about it? Because they know that, you know, the GA will see this and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that'll be fixed come championship. Maybe, maybe. But, Gary, we're, we're missing on the two big things we need to celebrate over the weekend. That is right. Which one do you want to start with? Well, we'll start with the second most important one. Wexford's comeback victory in Ennis. Yeah, that was... 62 minutes of what the hell is going on? This is a terrible performance. Well, in fairness, uh, right before halftime, they really started to get going, scored three points on the balance, got down to two. Then the second half didn't start to plan. Yeah, that was in, after Tony Kelly went off injured and Aidan McCarthy stepped up out of nowhere to become the new Tony Kelly. It's there out of nowhere, but yeah. Yeah, he looked uh, a specimen. Then at the water break in the second half, there was obviously clear instructions from Davy Fitz to D. O'Keefe to go look after that lad. And you could see it was on the camera that D walked over towards him and was staying very close to him. And that was the kind of last that we saw of Aidan McCarthy. Yeah, it'll be last, the last time we ever see him, I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, phenomenal comeback. Um, Rory O'Connor. Rory O'Connor. David Dunn. David I'm Dunn amazed been... Roy O'Connor did not get on the Harland team of the week just because he didn't score enough. I wasn't aware of that, but by God, who was on it instead of him? Six forwards, but just sure every he was at the heart of it. He got your man sent off by running through. But sure, Claire were targeting him. He got he got hacked at that time uh, for the guy getting sent sent off when he went through for setting up Lee Chin. He got. Flattened as well. He gave the ball to David Dunn. He won the ball, gave it to David Dunn for Simon Dunn's goal. And he, and he got flattened that time as well. His point in the first half was ridiculous. Outrageous. And then to finish it off, in fairness, himself and Lee Chin didn't have the best day on the freeze, but the hardest free of them all, 73 and a half minutes into the game, with, seven, with three minutes at a time from the tightest angle, you could take a free and he sticks it. There's a great photo as well, actually, right behind behind where he was taken from. Do we get carried away with our two wins out of two and going to Ennis and getting a win or are there reasons to be concerned? No, no. Win or lose, I don't think it should be. Uh, should We shouldn't be getting too excited over if we beat Kilkenny or if we lose to Kilkenny. No, but there's definitely there's definitely a lot of improvement needed. There were those very sloppy parts of play. The free taken was very sloppy but there was just and yeah it's to be expected we're still we're round two it's the second match they've played since last November 
the the spirit that they showed to come back. That's that's what I'd be taking from the game. The third quarter in particular was frustrating, but the fourth was great. <laughs> so let's move on to the most important thing, Gary. That's right, we, Ben. You said it was something more important. We, the Hurling Podcast, are top of the Billy Byrne Cup. Oh, we are not. We are. We are. Top of the Billy Byrne Cup. I'll just, just have a look here now to see who is, who's even close to us. Okay, the Billy Byrne Cup, the most important of the Cups. Obviously. We are number one. We are 38 points ahead of second placed Connor Olan Huran. Hard luck there, Connor. You know, keep keep trying. If we're top of the Billy Byrne Cup, the most important of all Cups, we must be doing fairly well in the overall game too, are we? I think in the world game, we are third in the world. Third in the world of fantasy hurling. That's what I like to see. I think it's all right. Uh, you're, you're third in the Billy Byrne Cup. My personal team. Your personal team, yeah. That's my personal team. Uh, Johnny Lenahan is fourth. Brian O'Loughlin from Mona Gear, fifth. My bro. Yeah. So that top, the top five, we'll give you a mention if you're top five from now on. <laughs> I'd say we've ranted enough now, Gary. We talk we to Dickie. Yeah, I think we will. Um, here's our episode with Dickie Murphy. We had Darren Stamp on the podcast last year. He gave us a quote. Now, I don't know whether you want to take this as a compliment or an insult, but he said, he said, the best ref I ever played under was Dickie Murphy. Dickie, leave the rule book at home and just ref with common sense. How would you feel about that? I don't know whether I left the rule book at home or not, but uh, look, at, look, at when I started, like when I started refereeing, like it was, um, you know, it was, I refereed the senior hurling final in Wexford in 1985, which is, is 36 years ago now, you know, so the game has changed, has changed a lot since, since from then till now, kind of, you know, so um, probably I was a bit known for letting the, letting the game flow, I suppose, you know, that was, uh, I was hoped that I would have the players on side that they wanted to play the game. And, I, you know, I think if teams want to play the game, it's easier refereed, I suppose, than, um, you know, two teams that kind of want to act Egypt for a while, you know, but, uh, you know, I suppose man management was a big thing with me trying to get the players on side, which uh, it doesn't matter whether it was in Torless or in Patrick's Park. You know, you, you know, it's the same game, and you hope that the players uh, give them a bit of uh, a little bit of rope, but not too much. And if they want to play, let them at it. Did you have a certain tactic for getting the players on side? Because I think it was on, I think it was, it was uh, Mark Landers the other day. It was actually saying that you you couldn't follow it with Dickie Murphy. <laughs> I don't know. Again, again, you know. I suppose when you when you're retired, I suppose people kind of think you're a kind of better referee than what you, you know people might have thought when you were refereeing. But no, look at you. You, you chat to him and keep talking to him. That's was that was my game. You know, I used to always chat to him. Uh, I'd know their name, first names, and uh, you know, nothing's as good as a fellow when he calls you by the first name. You know, instead of say hey number six, but if you said hey you Mark or or Robbie or whatever it is, you know, at least the boy said yeah, this fellow knows me as well. So. You know, I was kind of managing them and kind of hoping that they would uh, be on side with you, you know. And uh, I think the last thing, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. If if two teams and the whole world is falling in around you, the last fellow to get excited is the ref. You know, if he starts getting excited, we're in trouble. So, you know, you got to keep your head and uh, hopefully, you know, that was it. But 
I'm not saying no one fell out with me, but you know, uh, I try my best to try and keep him on side anyhow. Just thinking back to some of the games that you would have left of uh, that I was playing, and you had a very good way of dismissing nonsense. If there was someone, you know, start starting at it or you know trying to cause a bit of trouble, you'd just kind of you'd guilt him into stopping. You'd, you'd just tell him to, "How oh, will you stop?" <laughs> Yeah, go never, on. Never, never, never towards me, of course. <laughs> I know that, Gary. In fairness, you were very, very. Didn't have to say a word to you. Fairness to you. But uh, no, look at it. Look at it. It's, it's, you kind of, hopefully, that you let them out. If, I think players, and it doesn't matter what, again, it doesn't matter inter county or club, players want to play. They want to play the match. You know, it's not, no one wants to be a free take and exercise. So, really, that's what I'd be trying to tell them. Lads, like, we can be, stay at home and take freeze all night, but let's go and play a match here. And in fairness, you know, like, because, as I said, if you give a little bit of rope, let it, fellas, you know, you can't be blown all the time. Or when I was refereeing, not blown all the time. And, you know, it's no use upsetting. Because sometimes you can upset players as well if you keep blowing and blowing and blowing. So, like, there's a happy medium and you got to get the balance right. And, and, you know, thankfully, lots of the time I got it right. But I'm not saying all the time. Like, you're not, obviously not refing games anymore, but you're quite involved. What are what is the roles you take up now? Uh, well, for the last few years, I was involved in the referees committee, and it was on a, a, you know picking referees for some of the bigger matches in both hurling and football. But and then for the last few years, I'm a Hawkeye official, a review official, working with Hawkeye in Crow Park, so and in Torles when when the matches were there as well. So yeah, still very involved. And um, you know, look at it, I'd be very interested in refereeing in the uh, you know in the county. I was chairman of referees administration committee for a few years as well. There, not this year. But um, for the last four years, but you know, very involved, like trying to make refereeing better than you know, ho- trying to help referees, whether it's local level or inter county level. And you know, a bit of experience that I've had over the years and trying to help them out. And you know, look at you can't uh, tell a referee how to referee a match, but give them a bit of advice, and that's all really. So, if someone gets a decision wrong, are you ready there to waiting in the wings to criticize? Ah, oh, no, I think, geez, I think there's enough lads ref- criticising referees rather than <laughs> the referees criticising them themselves, do you know, but... Yeah, but no, they're going to take you seriously, not the fellow understand. No, yeah, but kind of, sometimes there's a nice way of not criticising as well, you know, like everyone will <laughs> make a mistake, do you know, there's no doubt about that. The players will make a mistake, a lad will go through and he'll hit the ball 20 yards wide and someone will say hard luck and the referee uh, makes a mistake and the world is on his back, kind of, you know, so... You know, sometimes we got to give them a bit of slack as well. Uh, but, you know, referees will make mistakes. And the whole thing, I think, is, you know, a referee starting off today, I say at Leinster level, and he wants to get to the top. You know, he has to cut down the mistakes. And, and when he cuts down the mistakes and get the big big decisions right, you know, he'll go a long way to being in the top grade in, in refereeing in, in, in the country. What defines mistakes? Is it big standout mistakes or is it if he was being assessed during a game that you can see that a couple of times that he's done this or a couple of times that he's done that that maybe he shouldn't have been doing he let this go five times or something like that well he's, in the most of the games now there's an advisor there and he's, he's assessing or advising um, and you know you've got to get the big decisions right you know you've got to get the big decisions right the smaller decisions you know you, you know you kind of letting the lad uh, run too far with the ball or or a simple fouls 
uh, you know, those can be, you know, you can rectify those. And the advisor, in fairness to him, will have that when the referee gets his appointment or gets his uh, advisor report during the week. He'll see that on it, that the advisor have put that on it. But you've got to get the big calls right. You know, all our finals, all our semi-finals, Leinster finals, you know, big decision, you know, you got to get them right. And I'm not saying everyone gets them right as well. Like, it's easy when you play it back 20 times on the television uh, and we can make that decision. Referee is one call, you one ch- shot at it. And you live and die by those decisions, you know. And I'm not saying if you make a big mistake this Sunday, you won't get another match for the year or anything like that. But... But the whole thing with refereeing, I think, is got to get the big decisions right. I think get all decisions right, but get the big ones right anyhow. And even on that, who does like some of the rules are kind of ambiguous, or not even the rules being ambiguous, but it's such a fast game, and uh, some of the incidents that happen, you could have. 10 referees and five might have given it one way and five might have given it the other way. Who then decides whether it was a mistake or not? Like, I suppose an example would be, could be Richie Hogan getting sent off in the 2019 All-Ireland final. I don't think it was a mistake. I think the consensus is that it wasn't a mistake, but you still, there's a still a lot of people that after 20 replays, they'll go, ah, that's not a red card. Yeah, no, look at it. You know, that was, you know, the referees committee would have looked at after 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 the All-Ireland final and they would have said it was a red card. You know, um, I suppose on the day, probably if it had been shown on the big screen, uh, you know, it was that that decision wasn't shown on the big screen. Probably had it been shown on the big screen that day, um, you know, people might have said it was a red card. But, uh, you know, it was a high, high tackle on the head. And, you know, look at uh, Richie Hogan is a fantastic hurler, great hurler. Just was was unlucky, I suppose, but you know it was still a red card, and I don't think you know. And lots of people, you know, it's big a big uh, over the, that All Ireland final over the sending off for Richie Hogan. But I think any fair minded person would would say that you know it was a red card. Yeah, and and is 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 that a like it was it was a red card and it was a harsh red card, but it was a red card. There's not nothing the referee can do that early in the game, late in the game. Like from James Owens' point of view, Richie didn't mean to catch him, but he caught him. It's a red card. There's nothing, nothing James Owens can do there. Different, is there? No, no. And you know, look, we've all seen Richie Holden, great hurler like that. And again, look, if you catch someone late or catch someone by mistake, but it's still, it's a head high tackle and it's a red card. And you know, I think early on in the year, uh, the chairman of the referees committee was saying any high head or head high tackles will be, uh, it'll be red cards. You know, so um, but that's that was it. And I don't think. In fairness, I don't think James had any option but to send them off on the day. Yeah, and I think he took he took his uh, due diligence as well by consulting with the with the linesman. Yeah, um, I think I think James took his time as well because again, it's a big decision putting anyone off in any game, but especially in the final, you know. And you know, I think James made the right call. That was what, and in his interview after that was almost what annoyed Cody the most. He said because he took his time, he wasn't sure. So he thought he wasn't <laughs> sure about it, so then shouldn't have sent him off. Yeah, and then, you know, and then if he had, you know, again, and like we've had this uh, discussion as well before with other, that if he hadn't made a quick call, everyone said, why didn't he talk to someone else? You know, so yeah. look at it, it's a, it's a no-win situation when you put someone off, you know, I know it's the last last thing you want to do, uh, but look at if it's if it's, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. Have you ever what taken the- pleasure from sending someone off? <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe in how, you wouldn't, you know, in my championship uh, referees, when I started off in, in at inter-county level, I think I put off, I only put off one player 
in that time. Uh, I think it was the Ulster final in 1992 down in Antrim uh, up in Cason Park. And um, that's the only player I sent off. Now, probably a lot of players were lucky to stay on. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people would say that at the time. But uh, no, I, that's the only time I did put off anyone in the championship that I put off. Not too many in the league either. Uh, and that's not been saying, you know, as again, look at, the game has changed, I suppose, since I was refereeing till now. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd always kind of give the player probably, you know, I, I, I probably gave him the benefit of the doubt on some occasions. Probably I might have been wrong on some of them too. But look, that was that, that was it. And as I said before, you live and die by those, those decisions. You know, you make them, you call them, as you see them, and, and that's it. Uh, what does what does your role um, as a Hawkeye referee involve? Well, it's just a review official, really. You know, we sit, we sit in the in the box there, just under the under the big screen on the hill, and um, we're in an office there. And the, the lads from Hawkeye, up to last year, Dick flew in every weekend for all the matches in here and in Torles. And uh, so I'd be mic'd up to the referee and his umpires. So every decision that's every decision that happens, it's point detection. While it's with Hawkeye is so every this ball goes in, whether it's wide or a point. Hawkeye look as looking at his screen, he tells me that it's a point or wide. So I'm looking at the umpire to make sure that he's what he's doing is correct what what the what the Hawkeye official is telling me. So everything is grand when he says it's wide and the umpire signal is wide. But if he said it's wide and the umpire signal is a point, well then you know we will call uh, the referee and we say tell him to come up to Hawkeye because uh, we want to make a call. So really, when you come up to Hawkeye, if, if the umpire has made a signal and it's a pointer wide and it comes up to Hawkeye, well, he's made the wrong, it looks like he's made the wrong decision. And sometimes he's not sure. He's not sure. The umpire is not sure. And he'll make the box signal and he'll come up to us. I'm still in contact with him as well. So he'll say he'll come up to Hawkeye and referee on the day will say Hawkeye and he'll make the box signal in the middle of the field and he'll come up to us and we'll tell him in a few seconds. A little bit longer in Turles, but... Uh, it's uh, it's you know two different uh, the same Hawkeye but you know the one in Crow Park is top class. How yeah. long are we take are we talking from if a ball say goes over the bar say example is obviously Brian Hogan catching the ball over the bar. How long does it take for the message to get down that the ball was over the bar to the referee from when it happens? Um, no, just a few seconds. It just only takes a few seconds. Of fairness, uh, that day that Brian Hogan caught the ball over the bar, the Hawkeye lad said to me he looked at it twice or three times in a few seconds and he said it's over the bar so you know we've then we have the contact now play is continuing so you know in fairness like 10 or 15 seconds it doesn't seem long in, in our time when your match is going on and this play is going on that was in the final against Tipperary or the final uh, in the semi-final all right, he, he was called again in the semi-final against Wexford but I wasn't doing it I only do the matches that Wexford are not involved in if, uh, if Wexford are involved I don't do it so a few seconds, yeah, that's all. Ten or fifteen seconds, you know. If the ball goes wide or goes dead, you know, it's it's still it's still only seven or eight seconds, ten seconds at the most, you know. But trying to get, uh, you know, you have to you have to get onto the, or call the ref, and he used to stop play as well, kind of, you know. So just take a few more seconds, probably. But still, it's only seconds, you know. So if we look at the one, uh, the Wexford Tipperary All Ireland semi final in two thousand and nineteen, Brian Hogan caught the ball just under the bar, and Tipperary went up. And scored a goal, but it was, the referee had blown the whistle before the goal was scored. If that had been in Thurlis, would that little bit of delay maybe have meant that the goal had been scored before the referee got a chance to blow the whistle? 
I don't know. I, I, look, it could have, it might not have either. You know, and, you'd be hoping. And what happens then? <laughs> well, the goal won't be scored, you know, because a lot of people, even, even the day against Wexford, a lot of people didn't hear the whistle. You know, a lot of people yeah. didn't hear Sean Clear's whistle at all. And, um, you know, so, you know, it'd be the same. You know, you, you know, look, if it was a point at the other end, uh, you have to call it. You know, you still have to call a Hawkeye to make a call. Uh, probably there'll be eruptions for, for a while over but you know but you got it look at Hawkeye was brought in to get the decision right and I suppose that's really what it's about getting the decision right and uh, if it can be done you know it'll be done right you know Does yeah, Hawkeye yeah. cover go- goals as well? No? no it's only point detection that's all it is so it's not goal line technology so hopefully in the future uh, that we will have it because um, I suppose we've been fortunate in, in, in Crow Park at the big games or the, or the few years that you know, there has been no kind of with goal line technology for goals. There had been no one saying the ball was over the line. I think once or twice, but it seemed the umpire got it right on the day. You know, so kind of not as much problem, I suppose, as as points. But it's it's an extra tool for the umpire in crop art. You know, he doesn't have to go out and signal just because the ball is up so high up in the air and you're looking up and sometimes it's a sunny day. So uh, you know, it's an extra thing that not to make a mistake, just go to Hawkeye. And that's what we were telling them. It's rather hot for them to call us than we, than we call them because if we call them, you know, there's a mistake made. Um, yeah, you'd imagine with the technology there for Hawkeye, I mean, I'm sure it can do the same thing. If it's able to tell whether the ball was over the bar or not, it's able to tell whether the ball is kind of behind the line for a goal or not. And rather than waiting for the need for it, why not just have it in there so, so that if, if the case happens in a big game that the decision has got right as well? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I suppose, look, I suppose over the, over the few years, probably, you know, we've asked that a few times, you know, is it going to come? But I'd say eventually it will come. Eventually it will come. But hopefully yeah. that it won't come on the sake that someone lost a big game over a goal, a ball not being, you know, especially when Hawkeye is there. But hopefully in the future that it will be, uh, it'll be there. If we go back to the start, you became a referee, I heard you saying, I think you were talking to Peter Murna from on, on Wexford today. Yeah. You were the district secretary of the board and OG, which was looking after under 12s and under 14s. And there was eight, five, eight finals to be refereed and you couldn't get referees. So yeah, you had to do seven of them yourself. Yeah, well, well, you know, and you look back at that time, you know, no one had a mobile phone kind of, you know. So, you know, if you look for a referee today or anything, you just give them a buzz or something like that. That time you'd have to wait till they came home from work. So, as I said, board and OG were only dealing with under 12s and under 14s at the time. It was eight district finals. Starlights, I think we're in one final, so I couldn't referee that, but I refereed the other seven. That's the, I, that's the only way I got involved in it. I never want, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I, someone had to referee them, you know, so it was, I suppose, look, it was easy for me to referee them as anyone. Um, but, you know, that was, that's the re- reason I started refereeing. Probably I might never have started refereeing uh, because I was still playing and, you know, I was playing with the club and all like that, so I wasn't refereeing wasn't you know part of my but it was just getting the matches played for the district you know you had to have them ready for the county semi-finals that's the only reason that I, I uh, refereed them and I suppose from from those did, did you pursue refereeing after that because you enjoyed it or did people go oh sure look Dickie Murphy can referee and start getting you to referee other games uh yeah I, I think after that then I suppose I might have got a, a county juvenile final or, you know, the minor board or gave me a, a, a county final. And, you know, I was I was refereeing, wasn't refereeing a lot now still because I was still playing, you know. So I was only doing a few underage games. And and then 
I kind of done a few adult games then and you know then I started refereeing kind of the district and probably in the county and yeah so that was the start of it really but I was still playing a lot now I was still playing you know still playing I was underage playing minor under 21 for the club and the seniors for the club and I was still refereeing you know adult games now but uh yeah, that was the way it was. When you said they they gave you an under sixteen final and a minor final, were you looking for them? Like you were, you had decided at that stage that you kind of liked refereed, or you you were just you were available. No, I was available. No, I was I was definitely not looking for him. I think I refereed. <laughs> I think I refereed the minor or the juvenile final. I'd say I might have been only eighteen or nineteen, kind of. You know, I was young. You know, a young young fella enough like refereeing the under sixteen final. It wasn't that uh, I was uh, I was probably just available and so, you know someone put me on put me on it or something like that you know but I, uh, it wasn't that I was refereeing was still in the background for me now I was doing a few games but it's still you know you, you wanted to play for your club but you know that's what you were doing you know refereeing was kind of in in the background a bit anyhow you know did it interfere with your playing so you you, you played minor under twenty one and senior for Wexford did refereeing kind of getting getting the way a little bit no not really no it wasn't no the match was you know if I had to play a match for the club or you know train or something like that that would come first it was only you know refereeing was still was I was kind of in, interested in, in it but I was and I was getting a few games but I wasn't mad into it at the time you know I was you know I was still playing so and I was still only kind of 19 20 21 you know that I was um you know as I said I refereed my the junior B final in Wexford in 1984, Ross Lair and Town, which is centenary year. And I was 23. And like Liam Griffin was playing, Liam Griffin was playing that day for Ross Lair. And Liam had, like Liam had, I just, he was playing for Clare, I think in the 60s, late 60s, you know. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like, what, you know, so I was only a young fella refereeing at that, you know, refereeing kind of a lot of lads were kind of a lot older than me, kind of, you know, but, I sent I was county final, I was on before the senior final in eighty four in Wexford Park, huge day, like and uh yeah, and then the following year referee the senior final. So I kind of was it was kind of getting more, you know, um you know, I was picking up getting a few more games, a few more senior games. If the club was out of championship, yeah, I was picking up more, a few games, a few quarterfinals or semi-finals. But you know, I was still, you know, I wouldn't, you know, there was never a match that I'd said to the club, no, I won't be around next weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm refereeing a local match, you know. And probably later on when I went into county, no, I, I was, you know, you had to, you know, in fairness, you couldn't be trying to run two, uh, trying to hurl with your club and referee an inter-county game, you know, the same day or that evening or whatever, you know. And, yeah, in 1985, the county final between the Alley and the Harriers, you were 24. Was there any, were, were there ever any tri- players that tried to intimidate you or, you know... Not not respect you enough because you were you were so young. Oh, I don't know whether what it got through. Hardy men playing then now, you know. So uh, no, look at um, I suppose I was young. I was fit. I had a fair idea of the rules. I suppose I you know I was only refereeing in Wexford as well, and there was nothing kind of on the horizon of inter county. You know, you were just dealing with the game that was in front of you. So really, you know, and I had played. I suppose. I think the players at the time, I suppose, club players as well, kind of said, well, this fella's hurling for the zone club, so he's not too bad. You know, he mustn't be too bad. You know, at least he knows the rules. You know, everyone gives out about where did he get this fella from or where did he get that fella from? But, you know, we all we all have to be from somewhere. You know, it was all our club. And so I was still young enough. I, you know, some lads I was playing against. Uh, and then a few weeks later, I was refereeing. So 
I suppose it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy for me and probably wasn't easy for them at the time as well. But no, look at I never was intimidated by anything, you know, because I think if I was, I would be asked, I would have given it up. You know, you wouldn't stay at it, you know. Uh, yeah. but I was forced that I was getting, you know, county semi-finals, county finals, and you know, it was I was going okay, but still, you know, no one ever said to me or no one I ever thought that, oh, you know, in a few years' time I'd referee in the final. You know, that still wasn't, you know, I was the only referee in Wexford, and that was, you know, that was as far as I thought I'd go, really, you know. But you did seem to build up your reputation quite quickly, like even to go from a junior B county final in 84 to a, the senior county final in 85. How do, you, how do you build up your reputation as a referee? Like, how do you get noticed by, by essentially not being noticed by, for making yeah. any mistakes? No, I suppose it's like, you know, I refereed probably a few, a few more games probably in 85. And then I, I think I got the county quarter final and, uh, I might have refereed a few league games as well in a league championship game. So, yeah, look at it. And then if your own club is not involved in the county semi-final or county final, well, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to get a game. You know, so, and I, you know, I think some of the matches were qualifying because I wouldn't have got the county final, you know, coming up to the game or coming up to the county final. You know, someone must have been, must have went okay for me, you know, because, you know, when the, or the committee picking the referee, the, uh, referees or the appointments committee at the time, you know, they wouldn't have put you on the final uh, unless they didn't think you were capable of doing it, you know, or doing some sort of a job on it, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough then and uh, I did that final in 85. And um, yeah, that was my first senior final. So, yeah. And again, again, as I said, you know, nothing on the horizon about going to Dublin or going to Crow Park or anything like that, you know. You know, I was looking forward to probably playing for the Raps in 1986 again, you know, after doing the final in 1985, you know, that was still playing for the club, really, you know. But I suppose that about two years later, I, I was brought onto the inter-county panel uh, and of referees. And again, you know, again, kind of, you know, I was going up and when I started off, I started refereeing, you know, Wicklow and Mayo and Wicklow and, you know, the Division 3 games, really, you know. But my first year refereeing and, and then my second year refereed a Leinster Championship match Leash in 1989, Leash in Dublin in, in Tullamore. And again, um, you know, a huge game. Like it was, Lar Foley was over Dublin and PJ Cuddy was playing for Leash. And I, uh, well-known lads were playing for Leash. Tough game though, you know, a really tough game. And uh, again, um, you know, I got through it. And, and then that was it now, you know. I probably was a tough game. It was on the Sunday game that night. And uh, I tell you, uh Foley came in a few times onto the field and um yeah look at it was it was uh, it was a tough game but again I got through it and I ended up getting the Leinster minor final being Offley in Kilkenny and the replay a few weeks later and that was on before the Leinster final in 1989 in Crow Park. That was my first time refereeing in Crow Park so you know I got a kind of a, a graph for it and you know and after that in fairness like things really picked up after that uh and in an inter-county scene. I also heard that uh in ninety-two you did the the club all Ireland semi final between Kiltormer and Cashel, and it went to uh, two replays. So you ended up refereeing the three of those, uh, and you kind of you put that as kind of another big stepping stone in your inter county refereeing career, uh, and then you ended up getting the ninety two all Ireland. Then, yeah, yeah, no, I, I had refereed the ninth. I suppose my first big game probably uh, was. The 91 All-Ireland semi-final, Galway and Tip in, 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 uh, in Crow Park. And the early 90s, the late 80s, early 90s, Galway and Tip was 
a huge game now, you know, no love lost in Tootin. And uh, so that was my first big game. Uh, I think I'd done the Leinster final early on, but the, the, you know, Tipperary and Galway was a huge game. And then the following year, I refereed the club semi-finals, Cashel against Kiltormer. Then I refereed the final, Kiltormer and Bor. I think I refereed the National League semi-final. I think it was Cork and, Lim, uh, Cork and Limerick. I refereed the final, Limerick and Tip. Uh, I refereed the Ulster final. I refereed the Ulster or the All Ireland semi final and I refereed the All Ireland final in '92. So, you know, that was for me, was the only game I didn't get was the Leicester final and Wexford were in it, kind of, you know. <laughs> and, we, and we weren't, and we weren't going to, and we weren't refer, refereed. There was no referee, say, crossing the border going into Munster at the time, you know, Munster refereed on the Munster final at, at, in those years, uh, a change later on. So, yeah, so that was 92 was for me was a great year, you know. So, uh, and I, in fairness, I, I've always said that the three games in the club championship probably gave me a, a huge profile, really. And that's kind of, you know, those three games. One was in, in Cashel, in the home pitch in Cashel. The following Sunday, or the following week, we grew up in Ballinasloe, and that went to extra time. And then the following week, or the following week or two, we were in Crow Park for the replay again. So, yeah, look at those were, for me, uh, those were kind of, the I would say, as the refereeing, probably were the makings of me, really, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fairly huge year. Was there any matches? Like, was there other referees around at the time? <laughs> there was. There was a good few around at the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it kind of, you know, but I suppose, you know, when I was refereeing for, I think, you know, you wouldn't get them, those matches if you weren't refereeing well. So I was refereeing well, I suppose, at the time. And uh, But there was, there was other referees around at the time, all right. Uh, and nobody retired because you got the final or anything. No, some got tired. <laughs> no, no, but no. Look at uh, look at it in refereeing terms. You know, every day we go out, we accept people to accept decisions. So we've got to accept decisions. You know, if you you know, we all want to do the matches. You know, when you're on the county scene as an county referee, we all want to do the all Ireland finals. We all want to do the Leicester finals. But it comes a time, you know. But then if you don't get it, you don't get it, and then you have to go on and try and get the next one. You know, so that's really it. You know. Did you ever feel conflicted? Like you said there earlier, I get the big games that the Raps weren't in them. Same with Wexford. Like, say, you ref the 97 All-Ireland final and Wexford were in the semi-final. So there's no way you would have got it had Wexford won. Did you ever feel conflicted? No, no, no. I, I always say, I would always love to see Wexford winning. You know, I would always love to see him winning. I'd love to see, you know, um, I think Wexford were in the All-Ireland semi-final, All semifinal in 97, tip beat him. And I refereed the other semi-final, which you believe. And, uh, you know, I would have loved seeing Wexford in the final in 97. I'd like to see him in any final, you know, like kind of get your opportunity refereeing. But, you know, the whole county, you know, for me, it's great to get the Ireland final and it's great for my family. It's great for my club. And, you know, it's a nice thing for the county from refereeing point of view. But, you know, county team in an Ireland final, it's, you know, what it's all about really, you know. And that's what we all hope that you get, whether this year, hopefully this year, uh, but that's what it's all about. But uh, yeah, no, I'd never actually get to the final and you'd be say, well, I know you might say to yourself, I've no chance of getting the final, but you wouldn't mind. You know, you'd love to see Wexford in play in the final. That's something that I was actually up for debate in 2019. There was a Kilkenny ref between Wexford and Tipperary when Kilkenny were in the other semi final. That wasn't an issue back when you refereed in '97 in the other semi-final, or there was no, there was never. No, there wasn't an issue. Then. No, there was no issue really, you know. And um, and do you, you think know, it should have been in 2019? 
that shouldn't have been an issue in 2019 either, really. You know, the referee goes out to do his best. You no, know, he's not going out. You know, he's really the referee wants to go out, referee the game as much as best he can and not to be talked about the next day. You know, mm-hmm. that's really it. You know, we are, and we all love a bit of, we all love compliments and we all love to see people saying you done well and all like that. But at the end of the day, you're rather no one talking about you, really. You know, and that's it. And, uh, but uh, no, I, I, I could, you know, Sean Clay refereed the match. I don't think it made any difference. You know, I know people kind of said he shouldn't have been doing the match, but look, it's not in semi final. And, you know, he, what you want to do is put your best referees on matches and hopefully that doesn't matter where they're from, you know, and do the best of their ability. If that was the case, uh, ref from Kilkenny would just have no hope of doing the big games at all. A Kenny referee, in fairness, has been very unlucky. Uh, you know, when you go back, I think the last referee from Kilkenny to referee in all Ireland final was Pascal Long in, in, in 1984, centenary year. That was the last Kilkenny referee to an all Ireland senior final. And when you see him going for four and five in a row, like it's very difficult. They were playing in all, they were playing league finals, they were playing club finals, they were playing. So very difficult for a referee from Kilkenny. You know, to get you know from for that for that period of time, because they just weren't they were in every final, and uh, it's very difficult uh, when you're from a from a county who is at the top of their at the top of their game, and it's the very same as a referee from Dublin. You know, for the last seven or eight years, he's you look at the football. You know, he has very little chance of doing an All Ireland final when Dublin seems to be in them all. You'd feel terrible if you if you came into your prime as a referee from Dublin about eight years ago. <laughs> you you were in trouble. Yeah, you'd feel hard done by. No, you wouldn't be. Uh, no, but again, and in fairness, there's a good few referees from uh, from Dublin, and they're not too bad. You know, they're good lads enough, but just that you know they find it difficult to make a breakthrough when Dublin are so dominant in in Leinster. You know. Now the big talking point, it's not the sin bin rule. But it seems to be the new advantage rule. What are, What are your thoughts on how that went and the whole the whole country giving out about? It? I I was just you know I I I saw in fairness to Thomas Walsh doing the Wexford leash match. He got the pen you know the penalty the sin bin you know if you were looking for something to show to all the referees in the country how it worked. I know it's only coming in at, I think only into county level, but it was done well correctly and all like that. I just think that probably, you know, and I said it to someone at the weekend as well, we got to wait a few weeks. I think we've got to wait a few weeks to see how it's working. Uh, you know, if you looked at the match on Sunday, Cork got a goal. One of the goals was, it was an advantage played and he scored a goal. So I just think that, you know, the referees will meet this week, the intercounty referees will meet this week, they'll review what went on last weekend. Um, and, you know, I, I just think we should wait till the end of the National League. And I think then, after that, if if because um, I don't think you're going to change it now. It's in rule at the moment. It's come in through Congress, so I think you know wait till after the National League. And if something has to be done, and I don't know whether something can be done, uh, but tweak it if it can be tweaked. And because um, I think referees uh, are refereeing with what's put in front of them, and uh, the rules are there. You know they're passed the Congress. You know this uh, advantage rule, I suppose, has. I suppose a lot of people didn't think uh, the rally was talking about the sin bin, but the advantage rules seem to be the one that caused some of the problems. But I just think that, you know, give, give the referees a few weeks and see how it works out. And then I think have a discussion on it. But I think just after 70 minutes last Sunday, lads jumping up and down. I just think, you know, let's give it a chance and let's see how it works out. And I think the referees, I say, will meet this week to discuss what went on last weekend. 
and and next week to discuss what went on, what can go on next week this weekend as well. So yeah, look, and I just think give it a few weeks, see how it's working out, and you know if it's if it's uh, something that is that can't that, that a lot of people are giving out about. Uh, that's not saying it's going to be changed either. That's not going to be saying. But I think you know the referees and fairness to them. I think you know when they discuss it over the next few weeks and before the championship. I think that it won't be too bad by the by the championship time. You think the referees will meet this week and say, "Scrap that." I don't tell you. No, no, they won't. <laughs> no, they won't meet this weekend. They will meet, but they won't say scrap that. No, because the general rule is there in front of them now. You know, it was passed the Congress. So as I said, they have to look at what their what their what their what they have, they have the referee wants to put in front of them. Um, but as I said, I but I just think that it's no use, you know, after the first round of the National League that everyone is jumping up and down. You know, um, I think, you know, last Sunday was, last weekend was the first time referees have refereed since last, you know, since last October, November. Uh, you know, there have been no in-house games, there have been no, no Walsh Cup or, or Munster League matches. So everyone was going in cold last weekend and even the players. And uh, I just think that, you know, give it a bit of time, give it a few more weeks, see how it works out. And I think, you know, hopefully that it'll blend in and that we will be back. Uh, that, you know, look at people that will always give out about rules, will always give out about referees, but just give it a few weeks. I don't think just one round in the National League and jumping up and down about it. I think, you know, let's give it a few weeks and let's see uh, how it works out then. Personally, I wasn't even aware of it being brought in up until that first game on uh, on Saturday and I think it was Ollie Canning kept mentioning it and I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Uh, for me, it's I didn't see the, the need to change it. I, 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 I like the way it was that advantage was advantage. Uh, so like the, it, it discourages the defender from fouling because, I mean, there was an incident on uh, in the Dublin-Kilkenny game. The puck out came down on Danny Sutcliffe and he caught it. And he was fouled, but he still managed to get away from his man and he put it over the bar. But the referee blew the whistle and it came back from the free. And now it was a scoreable free, but Donald Burke missed the pickup and it ended up not being the score where, you know, I think that was an advantage to Kilkenny. Yeah, and, and, and there was another one then, I think, in the, in the Tipperary Limerick match as well, that another that the referee blew for the free and, and uh, the free was hit wide and the ball had been over the bar. But... As I said, you know, I, I would just think, just I would just think that you know, give it a few weeks and see how it's working yeah. out. You know, I just think that referees will, you know, uh, the advantage. I know, and like some people, if you know, if you Joe Canning on your team, or you know, some of the the Shami Callan or some of those man, TJ Reid, you know, free from 70, 80 yards is a point every time. So look at it. Yeah, I just think give it a few weeks. I just wouldn't be, you know, jumping up and down on it about Jeff now. You know, um, talk to me in about six weeks. When the league is over, and uh, it could be everyone could be jumping up and down, and if it's to be tweak, tweak it a bit, you know. But I just would, you know, I just think that as I said, referees came in last weekend, as I said, for the first round of the league, and it was their first match in loads of games, you know, in, in loads of weeks. So yeah, look, at I wouldn't be going cracking up about it yet now, you know. I just yeah. think give it a few weeks and let's see how it sets in, you know. Are the referees allowed? to referee with a little bit of common sense at the moment and maybe give it that second or two to see if the player's going to score. I know another rule was probably five seconds or something. And now it is, if the referee sees a free, he gives it. Are, 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 would the referees be allowed to get a little bit of common sense where they let it play out for a couple of seconds, not, not hold up the hand and say that, and, and you know, you know, you've got five seconds, but just let it play out a little bit. 
Yeah, well, I suppose they will discuss that. You know, referees will be in the county lads, as I said, it's only we all know it's only eight county, so they will discuss that this week and they will see themselves. But like they're not going to go, you know, they have to go by the rule as well. The rule is there as well. But yeah. I just if it needs a bit of tweaking, I think, you know, and referees are, you know, they're you know good lads and all of all the inter-county lads in both hurling and football. And the football it'll be on next weekend as well. So football is next weekend, and let's see how it works out there. But that's you know, you sometimes you gotta what's put in front of you and you can't change it. But it can, if it can be tweaked, I think, and I just think that it, if it after the National League uh, in probably in ball hurling and football, that the rules committee, if there's an outcry, if there's a complete outcry in the whole country, but if not, you know, hopefully that'll bed in very quickly. And then the other one, the one that there was less debate about, and the only example we saw was the Wexford leash game, as you mentioned, where maybe it was, it was too easy for the referee for the, for the first incident. So it was a clear penalty. In the new rule, it was a clear penalty in Sinbin because Rory O'Connor was dragged down inside the D. The, the one thing I, I, mean, I I've been thinking that this should be the rule for a long time that if you're have a goal scoring opportunity and you're deliberately dragged down, then it's a penalty. Was there a need for the Sinbin as well? Do you think is it a bit of a double a double punishment, or is that you know if you're going to deliberately pull someone down, then that's what you get. Well, I, you know, if you even if you look back to the Sadie Kenny Dublin game, um, Martin Keown went through in along the line and and he scored a goal. Now, like the, uh, the easiest thing for the Dublin lad was to pull him down. Like it was the easy thing yeah. and stop the goal. I think it has stopped. It it definitely stopped cynical fouling. I think defenders will have to be a lot more cuter than than what they are. If you're going to pull someone down, uh, you'll pull them out the field rather than letting them in that far. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, and in fairness, like managers and, and coaches, that's what we do. You know, that's what we tell them, you know. Uh, and But I just think Thomas Walsh has got his correct. Uh, and for every, it uh, was easy for, I suppose, the whole country to look at that. That's the rule. That's the rule the way it is now, you know. So, no, I just think that if a fella pulls the lad down going in like that, you know, that's the rule, uh, a penalty and 10 minutes in the sin bin. And I think it definitely cut it, hopefully it'll cut it out. Hopefully it'll be cut it I'd nearly yeah. look at more as opposed to the Wexford one. I'd look at what happened up in Antrim, where Aaron Shanahan, in my opinion, was clearly dragged down. It was clearly a goal scoring opportunity, and it was just a free in that rule wasn't implied there. Yeah, and again, I look at referees will make mistakes. There's no doubt about that. And that's I suppose consistency is what that's what we all look for. And you know, in refereeing, that's what we look for. Uh, I'm going to be like Alex Ferguson though. I didn't see that Aaron Charlotte for a while now. But uh, yeah, look, you know, we got to get them all right and you got to get those decisions right. You know, the rule is there and if someone pulls you down and going through a goal scoring opportunity, um, you know, you got to, got to spend 10 minutes in the sin bin and, and a penalty. And, you know, don't, you got to get them right. How, how awkward is the sin bin for a referee well, sure, it's not awkward, really, because, you know, the decision, it's, 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 it's simple if you get it right. You know, it's like all decisions, you know, if you get them right, you're simple. But, like, last time, you know, and I, I don't want to be talking about uh, the Wexford leash match, but it was obvious on the 10 minutes, and I don't think the, the leash player could say, you couldn't say a word about, you know, he was gone off the 10 minutes. So I don't think it's awkward. It's, if you're not 100% sure, that's where the problem lies. You know, if you're not, a, you're putting a, 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 someone off for 10 minutes and, you know, you gotta make sure that you, that he is that he that he deserved to be that he deserved to get his yellow card and gone for the ten minutes because you because as I said, it's in intercounty level. You don't want to be seeing that night on the television where uh, you shouldn't have put him off. 
you know yeah, so we got to get we got to get consistency into it that you get the big decisions right i th- I, th- I think the, the double whammy is is the only, like it's it's nearly too much further too much pressure on the referee to make the the right call on on borderline things like maybe it wasn't maybe he did take a player down but it wasn't a deliberate takedown or like it's it's such a game of margins i, I think that just the penalty might have been enough to introduce it and then maybe you see how it goes and in a year or two if it, if it's like okay no this is still happening we need a bigger punishment you add in the sin bin another part of it i'm not sure about is why it has to be inside the 21 or the d area i i, I think a goal scoring opportunity could have been enough for that because if you're out on the corner flag you're not in a goal scoring opportunity 99 percent of the times but if you're running in say at an angle but you're just outside the d or the 21 you could very well be in a goal scoring opportunity and the defender might be looking at you going i need to take you down quickly before you get inside that area yeah no look at it's 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 um it's it's a difficult one it's it definitely it's not it's not helping the referees you know the new rule any new rule come in it makes it a little bit more difficult for refereeing it, it is and this one will make it more difficult and um you know and as i said we've only seen one round of the national league in hurling and no games of football so it'll be interesting to see over a few weeks how it works out when they're making the decision of putting in the rule yeah you, you know you've got to get a pass first of all i suppose and so you got to make sure that First of all, it has gone before the counties and they've agreed to, to, to pass this motion. So, you know, a year ago when it came before Congress, it was thrown out. A year later, it's gone in because over incidents last year in the championship, cynical fouls and things like that, some people would say, look, it's not too bad. You know, it wasn't as bad as what we thought. Uh, the cynical fouls, was only a few incidents. But, you know, it doesn't look good, though. It doesn't look good. The lads making a, tack- a rugby tackle on someone going through. So hopefully this will... This will um, uh, eradicate it you know that's that's up for discussion you know we'll know in a year time because if it if it works we'll have it in club probably in next year or you know in 2022 but hopefully it will work and uh, and cynical fouling will be done away with are referees consulted at all, at all about rule changes ah yeah there would have been there would have been uh you know over my time as well yeah rules uh you know we would if we thought that something that uh, could help a referee you know, we would uh, pass it on to, you know, there's a rules committee in Crow Park. And, uh, you know, I mean, if we thought there was something good that we could help the game, you know, whether it's both hurling a football, uh, you know, he could let, uh, you know, the secretary and referees committee and he would send it on to the rules committee. But, you know, rules committee are there too to make decisions, you know, they're from all over the country and, uh, you know, they're good GA people as well. You know, sometimes people will criticise them, but, you know, they're there to, for the best of the association as well. There's never a case of them making up a rule. And listen, lads, go look after that. And the refs are like, "What?" Actually, look at that. So every rule, you know, and new rules come in, and you know, so sometimes we, you know, referees are looking for them. Other times you say, you know, what? But look, you got to deal with them. You know, that's what you know. Referees have to deal with. You know, over a long number of years, you know, we've all seen rules, different rules, you know, and uh, yeah, look at it. At times, it can be. I think this year a little bit more difficult this year for the referees in fairness to them that we have no lead into we've no lead into it. You know, we'd know, as I said early on, we'd know uh, college games, we had no Walsh Cup or Munster. So everyone is going in cold into the whole thing. So, you know, we hadn't seen a match kind of rather apart from the old ones on air or something like that in the last few months. 
and their last big game in football hurling football was the last two weekends in December or something like that or December at Christmas. So you know we've been waiting for matches to come and so there's new rules and sure look at I think as I said before just give them a few weeks and let's see how it works out you know but in fairness I don't think uh, the lads on the on the rules committee just say we make up a rule for the sake of it you know there'd be a bit of thought a bit of thought but sometimes <laughs> people might think that but there is in fairness to them you know yeah it, it is actually it's something that Fargal Horgan he was on the Anthony Daly's podcast it's something he mentioned that the referees haven't had any games, any club games, any Fitzgibbon or colleges games, nothing, no games at all to to test out these rules or practice these rules at all before they're in front of the cameras. So yeah, and that's and that's true, and that's and I suppose that was the difficulty for them. Uh, I suppose for the lads who weren't out last weekend or out this weekend, so they've you know they've seen what what the rules are, so it gives them a little bit of time. Uh, you know, I gave them a few a bit of time where they could you know, look at the matches from last weekend and see. So, you know, hopefully the matches next weekend, but then we've around the football matches and they're dealing with the new rules as well next weekend. And there'll be no in-house games as well, kind of, you know. So, um, yes. yeah, so it's, it's been a difficult time for them. But look, uh, most of them referees, they're all good lads, I said, and they'll, they'll you know, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, when it comes to the crunch, they'll, they'll come up trumps, I think. Spoken truly from the referees' union. Sorry. Spoken truly from the referees. Oh, well, I would say, you know, but look at as I said, like people criticize referees and, and look at, uh, you know, it's a very difficult job. It's not easy. I always said if it was easy, the whole country would be at it. You know, it's a tough guy, it's a tough job. And um, yeah, and I think there's enough people criticizing without uh, we criticizing ourselves as referees. So, you know, you just, you know, we'd be all very good friends. You know, you make great friends and referees. Uh, and you know, you're just hoping that on the day that it goes well for him. You know, we'd be, you know, we all we'd be competitive enough. You know, when I was there, you'd be competitive enough. You want to win or you want to referee the match. But look at if you don't get it, you know, the fella best to look to him and hopefully it goes well for him. You know. So is there good good competition between refs? So when you're you're doing linesman for this fella, you might uh, you might mess it up for him. No, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't because you mess it up. You mess it. You mess it up for him. You mess it up for yourself. You know, you know, you're there. He's the boss on the day. He's the man that's leading this. And, you know, you do your best to help him out. And really, that's it. You know, you don't want to be uh, making a mistake because in fairness, it always comes back to him. You know, he's the man in charge. So if you make a mistake on the line or the umpire make a mistake, you know, you know, people say it's but he, the ref, didn't make it. But, you know, he's the it's all come back to him. So, you know, you do your best to make sure that. Uh, you do your best for him that you know we're all in this together kind of thing and uh, helping him out when you ref did you you get to pick your whole your whole team do you get to pick your linesmen your umpires and all no no I just bring my four umpires with me alright but not linesmen no linesmen are appointed they're still appointed by central appointments committee and um, yeah so no I used to bring your four umpires you know I was very lucky I suppose that I had four umpires that uh, well I had about six lads at the time over the years that you know, I could be in Crow Park on Sunday and I could be in Bree on Monday. And in fairness, they'd be in Crow Park on Sunday with me and they'd be in Bree on Monday as well. You know, so, you know, I was very lucky that they were, they were you know, they loved doing umpire. They loved going to the matches and uh, we had a good old crack over, over the years. And uh, yeah, I was very lucky to have, and they were, they were very good umpires as well. So, as I say, you know, some of them were there for the four All-Ireland Finals that I refereed. So, yeah, they were good lads in fairness to them. How do you deal with like I just specifically remember I think James Owens was reffing and 
All Ireland final or All Ireland semi final think on a Sunday, and then on the Tuesday he was ref and me playing junior B football in just horrendous game. <laughs> How do you deal with going from the top to the bottom in such a short period of time? As you look at it, in fairness, like when you go, like you know, you were right, say James referee, went to referee your junior E match, but like you're not worried about James Owens refereeing the Sunday before that, you know, because. All you're worried about the match you're going to play, what you're going to play, you know. So, you know, it's the very same as if I was refereeing a big match the day before and you go to referee an underage game the following evening. Young fellas couldn't care less where you were the day before. You know, they might have seen it on television or whatever, but they're only interested in their game. You know, they're playing under 12, under 14 or juvenile, but it make a difference. They want to play their game. So, you know, uh, and they'll tell you, they'll bring you down to earth very quick too. You know, you might be thinking you're a great fella in Park the day before, but you know, you make a mistake in Bree or Patches Park or something, they let you know very quick or someone on the line will too, you know, so it's, it's just all part of it. I, you know, you started, you know, really you started at the bottom in refereeing, you know, you get to the top as much far, you go as far as you can to get to the referee All-Ireland, fair enough, but you'll always come back down, you know, you'll always, when you finish up in your county level, you come back to club level again and you'll still be refereeing. So, you know, you never forget where you came from, really. Is there anything an umpire needs to do to qualify to be an umpire? Or is it at the discretion of the referee? Availability. Availability. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, okay, now now probably there's training courses and things for umpires and like that, but the only one way to, uh, to become a good uh, umpire is to be at it. You know, be, to be at it. You know, do an umpire for, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of match it is. You know, for club matches, plenty of club matches, and you get in an eye, uh, get the eye for it and uh, yeah and that's it but the more you don't pirate the better you get at it I suppose you know but uh, it's very you know we've all seen it you know you've been on a match some evening in, in some place and someone asks you you do an umpire you're not used to it and everyone thinks it's simple you know it's simple but you know it might be simple in where there's no one at the match but if you're in Turles and <laughs> you know 20 people on the Kaline stand or, or at the back of the ball there and uh you know, fellas shouting at you, you know, and attacked to the rafters. You know, you want you have to have a, you know, you want to be have well glued in for it as well now to make sure you don't make a mistake because every ball coming in, they're all signal wide. Everyone, the goalkeeper signal wide, the lad at the back of the goal is signal wide, and the umpire, in fairness, you know, has to be on on the ball. Like, and when you had six umpires and you had to pick four for an All Ireland. Did anyone ever find out with you? <laughs> no, no. Well, in fairness, I, you know, I, like I had, you know, John Turner and Paddy Shiggins and Paddy Buckley were, you know, they were with me for the four finals. And then brother of mine, Morgan, who passed away a few years ago, he was there. And I had Matt Flynn and then Eddie Cullen. And, you know, I had all different lads over, you know, those lads over the years. And, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, I probably ended up in pitches someplace where I had only three umpires and the lad might have done four umpires. Four, the, the fourth umpire for me in local matches but you know every day you go to an inter-county game you'd always have your four umpires you know I when I'd have the four lads in the car I'd be confident enough then I'd be you know I'd be happy enough and I'd have the four heading off whether you know whether it's to the north south east or west you know and we'd have always in fairness we'd have a good crack as well you know we'd have a, we enjoyed it you know we'd have a good few years at it we'd have a good old you know we enjoyed ourselves as well, a good crack you know I didn't expect to be spending so long on umpires but what, one final question when you're refereeing a club game and maybe just a, a, like a club league game when you don't have your own umpires and you have to get one from each side to go down to each 
one from each team to go down behind the goal. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that? How, how can you trust well, fairness, the two lads, the two lads who are going to do umpire, one of them will be all for one team and the other fellow will be yeah. the other team. So you got to be very careful. So sometimes you might be better off with no one at the goal below it, you know, because especially when it's a tight game, you know, so if it's a tight game, the ball could be a foot wide and the lads think it's a point, you know, so no, you look, you got to be wary enough of it, you know, but look, you look, it happens. We've and we've all seen matches where lads getting the point where it's wide or getting the goal and whatever or the line and all like that. But uh, yeah, that's why you're far better off going with a few bringing two lads with you. But I know it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to get lads uh, to the umpire because you know lots of people. You know, you go to a match now and you're off your own club or playing. They want to go to see and you know it's not as easy to get umpires now really as, yeah. as, as, as it's it's just not easy getting you know. There's usually one lad in each club that. Uh... That's happy enough to go down and sway oh, it in always, their favour. As I said, there's always one Lula everywhere. And if he <laughs> definitely, there's only one way he's going, that's the truth. He he always ends up as umpire anyhow, you know. So, yeah. But look at fairness. I'd, I'd say you could spot a couple of them too. Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him. And I'd be saying to him, not him, not him. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no. But, uh, yeah, but you look at it, uh, Actually, that's part and parcel of it too now, you know, so, you know, like it's serious, but kind of you have to enjoy, you know, you wouldn't be at it unless you were enjoying it. And the very same with the umpires, you know, they wouldn't be at it, like, because their whole day is gone, like, we'd leave in the morning, say, at either county, you leave in the morning, uh, and James Owens is probably is doing, it, doing it now, leaving in the morning at half eight, nine o'clock, and you're heading to Limerick or Cork or something like that, and, you know, you're not home that evening till later, nine o'clock or ten o'clock, you know, you could be below Park and Keith, and you could be stuck in traffic for an hour, an hour and a half. And uh, after the match, you know, players get a guard escort in and guard escort out. And, you know, we get up and get into the car and sure, that's part of it too, you know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, you want to be committed for it too now, you know. And it's the very same as referees today. Now, you know, if they're not refereeing next weekend, this weekend, you know, they're probably doing a line somewhere last weekend as well. Linesman somewhere in some other county. And, you know, so it, it's just, it's a lot of time. You're putting a lot of time into it, you know. I think the attitude towards referees has improved over the years or has it gotten worse? I wouldn't say it's got worse, but I thought it has improved a lot. You know, uh, you know what we're all hoping for is that we get respect, you know, respect. And hopefully, you know, I think you've got to start at underage, really. That's that's where you got to start, you know. I think if you don't get it at underage, you're not going to definitely get it at adult level, you know. So, um, you know, we've all tried different things. Uh, you know, we all see our jerseys get res- give respect, get respect, and uh, but yeah, look at it. It's, it's at times it can be very good, and there's times you know that there's uh, it's, it's not great either. But um, yeah, you're just hoping that people, you know, as I said, if people stood back sometimes and kind of said to themselves, "Geez, why?" A lot of people would say to you, "Why would you referee? I wouldn't referee for a million dollars or something like that," you know. But you know, someone has to do it, and the matches won't be played without them, you know. So. Uh, sometimes I think just people should just bite their lips sometimes really and, and give them a chance, you know, but I suppose it's easy to say that too, you know, but, um, but refereeing, it's, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it's uh, our problem, I suppose, over the years is trying to get new lads to recruit new referees to come into it, you know, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to get lads. Everyone wants to play for their club team. You know, everyone wants to play hurling of football and play as long as they can and, you know, but what we need, you know, we need new referees coming into the, into the, in, we need new referees in Wexford and the new referees needed everywhere, you know. So what is, when you talk about biting your lip, what's the worst, what's the worst thing a player has ever said to you 
or the worst thing you've ever, the worst bit of abuse you've got? Oh, Jesus. How long have you got? <laughs> I, know, I know. I look at what he called it. As I said, look at you go out and referee the match. And, you know, as someone said recently that to go up to the order of fine, there's 80,000 people in it. There's 40,000 Buchanan, there's 40,000 Tipperary. 40,000 don't, don't like you now, anyhow, because you're going to lose them. One of them is going to lose the match. So, you know, you're 40,000 or kind of at you for the, for the whole match. And, you know, so a few neutrals are probably sticking up for you. But look, no, it's um, it's it's a different, you know, abuse, I don't know. Uh, people would shout at you. And in fairness, if you pay your 25 or your 40 euro, you know, and, you know, it's your what about letting a shout at you or something like that, you know. But abuse, not to be, you know, not to be abuse. Uh, as I said, look, I've been fortunate. I've been very fortunate. I haven't put off too many players in my lifetime as refereeing and I've always tried to get players on side with me if a player abused me I'd put him off I wouldn't take I just wouldn't take abuse from anyone you know and uh, and I think you know I think that if we start as the underage level I think it's getting better there's not it's getting better but you know I think it needs, still needs to improve it still needs to improve yeah and have you ever said something to a player that maybe maybe you regret it I, my sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, a fella kind of gives me a bit of grief. I might give him a bit of grief back, you know. I, I refereed a match one day and this fella kind of said to me, um, Jesus, Dickie, you're, you're having a terrible game, you know. And he was standing over the ball about 50 yards a few minutes later from a free and he hit it wide. And I said, Jesus, I might be going bad, but I ain't going as bad as you. So, you know, sometimes you have to. Uh, and I was in the county lad now. That was in the county lad. But uh, yeah, look at it. It's. Um, you know, I felt like kind of beyond here, but she gave him a little bit of, uh, not much now, in fairness, not much. Because <laughs> with camera, with, 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 with microphones and cameras and things like that, you've got to be careful what you say to the But uh, yeah, no, you had to fight me on corner. I you fight me on corner. And so, who, who is this fella? Oh, it's what he called it. I won't say it. I won't say it. Oh, you don't have to. Did, did, did he say anything after you? After no, you no, down? no, 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 no. All he has called, all he could do was. Who say? could say nothing. <laughs> You were a selector with Wexford in with John Connor, was it? Yeah, yeah. I was look. At, if if I go back, I was selector in 1985 with the minor team that we got to the All Ireland final, uh, and Corpius in the All Ireland final in 1985. Uh, I was selector with the Under 21 team in 1997. Now we got to the final in 96, but we got to the final in 97. John Connor was manager and um, Martin Quigley was selector and myself. And we got beaten in the semi-final by Cork in that semi-final. And then we became, Martin John was senior manager in 2003 and four, and Martin and myself were selectors. And we got to two All-Ireland semi-finals and Cork beat us. Got beaten by Cork. Got beaten by Cork. So Cork had kind of uh, been, you know, we're unlucky with us. But uh, no, uh, yeah, it was two years and uh, with John and Martin. And, yeah, look, we won the Leicester final in 2004. Which was great, and um, yeah, it was two good years, two good years enough, yeah. And in two thousand and three, as a selector with John Conan for Wexford, you were still refereeing inter county games. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was. I, I, I refereed a Munster Munster Championship match between Limerick and Waterford, and I refereed a Leicester Championship. I think they were both replays now. They were both replays. Limerick and Waterford was a replay down in Turles, and. Um, I refereed Leash in Dublin, which is a replay in Nolan Park. Yeah, I refereed two inter-county games in that year. Or I might have refereed another one as well. But yeah, in 2003, but in 2004 now, I, I got no, you know, I think 
that the kind of said if he's selector, he's either going to do one or the other. So I got I didn't yeah. referee at all in two thousand and four. In two thousand and three, there was the first the draw against Cork when when Ryan McCarthy scored the last the last minute goal, which was unbelievable. And then the replay, I think I think the Leinster final that year against Kilkenny, the first drawn game against Cork and the replay against Cork all had Aegon McSweave as referee. And for some reason I I haven't looked back on the game, the the replay against Cork because it was wasn't the greatest game for from a Wexford point of view. But I I remember at the time being at it and being very disgruntled with the refereeing performance from Aegon McSweave. Would would you have ever as a selector looked at referees' performances and thought, oh look, he's that's not that's not good enough? No, I was the wild only one for the kind of saying, geez, last day, nothing about the ref, will you? No, that's, you know, no, no, it was what he called it. Um, more or less, might have been given out about him, but no, look at it, as I said, look, I've been in the position, like, I would have been in that position that Aidan would have had been in referee matches, and like people like would criticize me and criticize him or criticize everyone else. Uh, but just we didn't play well enough, probably, in Cork in that semi final in the replay, you know, we were. Yeah. Very good the first day. Very okay, I suppose, not to win it. But kind of didn't play particularly well. Didn't play well in the replay, you know. But, uh, yeah, there were two very good years. And uh, we were, had, um, yeah, it was great to win. I suppose it was great to win the Leicester final. 2004, yeah, there were two two good years, really. Two enjoyable years. And has any other manager approached you about being a selector or even getting involved in some capacity? No, no. Very, very, not even lads in the club wouldn't ask you to be a selector. <laughs> So that doesn't look great. No, in fairness, no, I was, no, John and fairness, and John, we were very good friends and uh, he asked me and uh, yeah, I, I, I think in 2003, you know, when he came to me first, I said, Geez, no, I was no interest at all in it now, you know, and uh, we kind of, we had a good chat and we had a good talk and eventually, yeah, well, I said, yes, so why not? Uh, I was down to referee to 2002, I think all Ireland semi-final and I, I ended up not doing it, I suppose, Uh Tipperary and Kenny, I think we had a, a referee strike on here at the moment at the time or something like that. So I couldn't referee because Wexford were the ref, uh, referees were on strike at the time. So I missed out on that all in semi final. So, you know, then this happened later on the, in the. Now, in fairness, they had, you know, I wasn't critical of the decision or anything like that. You know, they had to make a call. Referees weren't refereeing in Wexford. So you couldn't have a referee refereeing in a big match in Co Park if they weren't refereeing in Wexford, you know. What happened in Wexford that time? Was there, was there no games? Oh, no referees? No, there, no was, games? There, was, no, there, was, there was a decision or something. There was a decision by the Sydney committee and that kind of a player got off or something like that and referees weren't happy. But we were, fairness, we were back Friday night. Everything was all sorted out by the Friday night. So, but the match was on Sunday. But it was, oh, okay. too, it was too late. It was too late for me. I, mean, I was taking off on a probably Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. But uh, anyhow, but sure, look at Yeah, but I said two good years with John Connor and we only stood John only stayed two years and um, then we left then and you know so I kind of get back refereeing then back in 2005 and refereed the Munster final in 2006 so uh, yeah so I got kind of got back in it again now you know So as a referee what's the biggest mistake you've ever made? The biggest mistake uh, ah, I, I don't know really you know people will people will, you know I think if you talk to people about Vicky Murphy as refereeing probably say people will remember things um, but look at as I say, look at you go out and you call it as you see it, and that's it. And look, we'll all make mistakes. And you know, as I said, it doesn't matter whether it's in Belfield or in Crow Park, we'll all make mistakes. We try to get them. I think hopefully, I, my was trying to get the big decisions right. 
I'm not saying I got them all right, but I, but I wouldn't say that, you know, if you said, what's the biggest mistake? I don't know. I don't know. But you may bet it's people listening here will be shouting at the radio. <laughs> you ever got that one? We got that. But no. Uh, and I think if you're quite on mistakes either, you know, you got to matches go from one day to the other. You could be refereeing a match on Sunday, a match on Monday, and Tuesday and Wednesday. So, you know, you get on with it and hopefully um, your mistakes are kept to a minimum. That's all. Uh, the biggest, I don't know what the biggest mistake, but you may bet there's people out there listening to you and who will remember from a long time ago. Oh, give, give us one. No, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. What do you call it? I think, I suppose people would say some players are very lucky they, were, they stayed on. I would say that was probably, you know, matches that I refereed, you know, a player probably should have been put off or something like that. Um, look, at, I don't know. I don't know. But you may bet people have, people have uh, opinions of that, you know, of, of when I was refereeing and uh, about decisions I made. And, you know, but as I said, you live and die by those decisions. You live and die by them and whether, whether you know, you want to look at it. And uh, so that's it, you know, but mistakes, mistakes are a few. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, we'll put up a post and uh, get people to put in the comments of. of that's it. You can. That's it. And, you may, and I can tell you what. It's been a two. It's been a two. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. You wouldn't want to be kind of. You know, if you kind of think that you go out and uh, you know that uh, you make no mistake, you definitely make mistakes. But big ones, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's for other people to decide. Who is the best player you've ever refereed? I know I've been asked that a few times really over the years and I think the best player that I ever refereed was DJ Carey. You know, and I refereed some great players, some great players, but, um, you know, whether it's Cork or Kilkenny or Tipperary or Limerick or it doesn't matter where they're from, club club players and all like that. But, uh, you know, to me, DJ was probably the best and, you know, that was it. Um, I think he had everything for him. I think he was... And as a player on the field, you know, uh, we'd have a discussion now and again, but, you know, I think he accepted every decision that you'd make as well, you know, but I just thought he was an outstanding player. And would you have called him for steps in that Leinster final? Just going to ask. <laughs> would he call him for steps? Uh, but he wasn't he lucky? <laughs> he was lucky, you know. He was lucky enough to get the ball, I suppose, you know, but, you know, it all depends. Sometimes you have to say, where was the referee? Could he see him running the steps, you know, and all like that, you know? But I know, I think, look at, I think, you know, we were talking about uh, decisions. Yeah, look at, I suppose he was lucky uh, to get the goal, but in fairness, he kept on going. And, you know, you go to the whistle, you know, you're always told, go till you hear the whistle, and he went, you know, but ah, he was a great player, you know, I think. Uh, and I think the whole country acknowledged that too. What's the best game you've ever refereed? First player Tipperary game in 19. 19- 98 down in um I think it was in Parker Creek, it was a draw game. and uh, you know, that was I think it was 98, it was a huge game down in Torless or down in Parker Creek. Uh, a great game and uh, I think that was that was outstanding game. But there's been great games and great club games as well, kind of you know, but you know, your first all Ireland final, I suppose, is, is you know, should be your greatest game getting there. But you know, but that Claire and Tipperary games at the time were huge games and uh you know, there was crowds and also I think Claire Offley game too down in do you remember when Offley sat in Crow Park and uh, after the Claire match and there was a replay down in the third replay was down in Turles in nineteen ninety eight. But that was a great game too. 
that was a great game too. Awfully, awfully beat Clare eventually and uh, got to the All Ireland final. That was a great game too. No, it was great atmosphere in Torles that evening. You know, as a referee, how how was uh what what were your thoughts for was it Cooney that refereed? Billy the... Cooney, yeah, very. You know, I was I was I was in London. Would you believe that weekend and. Uh, I rang home and, and then see who won the match. My father said, there's lads out here on the field, she said. And I don't know what was on the fields and also she said, no, awfully uh, around the field. But yeah, very, I rang Jimmy because I, I you know, I, I was back in, I think it was in back in Dublin Saturday evening and um, got a phone call on my way home to see whether I referee the match the following week or on the Sunday evening, sorry, on the Sunday evening when I referee the match the following week. And uh, yeah, so I rang Jimmy to make, you know, and uh, yes, tough, you know, very tough on him, you know, it was, you know, like he probably would have refereed, he probably, Jimmy would have refereed the other final. So it was um, very unfortunate on him, you know, tough, tough. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard on him and very hard on his family at the time, uh, you know, and yeah, it'd been a tough, it was a tough time for him, you know, but uh, look, I refereed the, the, that semi-final and, you know, a few weeks later, refereed the final. So yeah, you know, it worked out for me in that sense. Kind of, I refereed the final in '97. Didn't think I was, you know, probably wasn't going to get it in '98, and I ended up getting it in '98. You know, so um, yeah. who's the trickiest player you have the ref? As in, you know he's fouling, but you can't catch him. Yeah, and I'm not going. To, I'm definitely not going to name this player either now. But I refereed <laughs> one day, one day this intercounty player, and he it was a pull, and uh, he let fly, and uh, I went over and I booked him, and he said to me, "How did you know it was me?" Well, I said, if it wasn't you, I said I had a fair idea that it was you. <laughs> uh, you know, so sometimes, uh, you know, you got to be kind of on your toes with lads. You know, and again, you know, as again, and I said to fella, you know, if a fella deserved to put off last Sunday and wasn't put off, you know, uh, but then next Sunday's a new game. You know, you can't put them off for last Sunday, this Sunday, or in two weeks' time. You know, some players are lucky not to be put off, say, on a different day. But, you know, when you go out the next day, it's a whole new game. And, you know, you can't treat him like he should have been put off. You know, he should have been put off two weeks ago and he'd be put off today. You know, it's a whole new game. You got to, you know, you, I think you got to treat players with respect to, you know, you got to, as I said, keep them on side with you. And that's that's part of it. And like when you, when you know a player is going to be mouthy and you've refereed him a couple of times and you know he's giving you, giving you a bit of disrespect, a bit of abuse, like not not too much. I know you said that you'd put him off if, if a player gave you abuse, but just little bits of. No, I said no, I said if he was abusive. 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 Um, <laughs> but do, is it is it ever hard to not hold not not say hold a grudge against a player, but not like when you know a player, you've got a match and you know that this player is going to be at you for the whole sixty minutes or seventy minutes. Is, is it hard to just? Treat him the same as someone who might be as good as gold. Ah, yeah. Well, look at well. In fairness, look, you, you know, you gotta treat him. You know, the very same as everyone else. Like, but if you kind of, you know, and it, if you book him this Sunday for Mountain and the following Sunday for Mountain, you know, it's up to himself. You know, like it's he learned on. You know, he learned. You know, yeah. Uh, hopefully, he will. some don't. Some get worse at it. But uh, <laughs> uh, by God, no. But you be hoping that you know when he'd say. Just Dickie Murphy's refereeing the home, or the manager would say to him, just like if you stop giving out to him or saying something, because you know, if you bring up the ball 13 meters, or you know, I'll say you will inter-county player today, like Joe Canning or TJ Reid, you know, instead of 80 yards out, you next minute then it's brought up 
13, 20 metres, you know, all of a sudden it's getting in range and score and you're giving away a point. So, you know, fellas cop on very quickly now. Fellas cop on very quickly. It's the junior B lads kind of don't worry too much because uh, they can give out you away. So they're definitely not going to score at 80 yards either. So <laughs> they, they can, they can, you can give out away. Yeah, I was just going to say, not all, not all players learn quickly. <laughs> yeah, not all. Not all, but some, some do. Some do. Uh, I, I learned very slowly myself, but I think ah, I'm there now. What type of hurl did you use? Eight lads in our house, so there was always a hurl. There was always there was always plenty of hurls around the yard and things like that. But oh, it didn't make a difference as long as it probably at, the, at our time it was a randall, really. You know, when we were starting to play, and it was a randall, and now it's you know, loads of lads, so different lads of hurls now. We are making hurls now, but you know, at that time it was a Randall really was the was the one that, that you know has has grown up. But as I said, all our my lads, all my brothers played, so uh, there was always hurls in the yard. So always there was one in the shed or something like that. Doesn't matter who owned it, someone would have it gone. So first <laughs> in with the best hurl gone out, which you know. And you had there was eight boys and no girls. Is that right? Yeah, boys, yeah, no girls, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so my mother was plenty, plenty of lads in the, um, <laughs> plenty of lads, plenty of work, do nothing, that's the truth, we'd hurl all day, I suppose, but your look, that was, that was when you were, you got, you know, were all young, but, yeah, there's seven of us, uh, one of my brothers died a few years ago, Morgan, he used to umpire for me, and uh, seven of us then are, are still uh, hale and hearty, anyhow, yeah. And we were talking to Damien Fitzhenry uh, a few weeks ago, and he was saying, like, he has there's, there's the nine lads in that family, and he said seven was the most they got out on the field for the Duffery for a game. Did the ADUs ever get out in no, the one game? No, I know, I know. There might have been three, was probably at the best, probably three was. I think Pat Henge and myself played for the Raps. Uh, my brother Nicky played in the goal for the Duffery. A four or five senior football medals uh, when they won when or I think he, yeah he's three or four anyway when they won three in a row or four in a row he was playing for them um, yeah so yeah sure look at um, we're all very the whole family very mother and father very interested in the GA and we followed Wexford and followed clubs and brought us everywhere we wanted to go you know so we we're very fortunate with that you know and what's the best intercounty goal you've ever seen the best goal I've ever seen, um, Rory McCarty's dollar semi final. You know that was some goal, like you know, like he was. Uh, now, and that's not because it was selector rang like that. Now, like he hadn't, you know, he had no room, a very little room. He was getting by Don Lokusic, not easy, uh, and he never, you know, he never saw it. And you know that was, I don't think, and you know, look, you go back to Mick Jacobs' goal as well. But I thought Rory McCarthy was a very good, was a great goal, really, you know, as good as you, as you get now, you know. And, you know, and I think if you go back further, you know, we all, I don't know, you are only young guys now, but John Fenton scoring the one he doubled on the ground and they went to the whole way to the net for Jimmy Barry Murphy. Again, she was wondering who these lads are now, but... Uh, no, no, no the goals. <laughs> you know, those goals as well. So they were what they call it. Like, but, yeah, I think, uh, well, I suppose as Wexford supporters, I suppose, you know, as Mick Jacobs' goal against Kilkenny that day in the Leicester semi-final was, you know, those were good days. Yeah. I, I was in the in the Hill End for the Rory McCarthy one, so that one particularly sticks out for me because the whole hill just went crazy. 
Oh, it was, yeah, it was an unbelievable goal. In fairness to him, you know, like it was just at the death too, really, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great goal. And, um, you know, it's a pity that, pity that we weren't two points behind at the time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's... Thanks very much for joining us, Dickie. All right, lovely lads. Thanks yeah. very much for Thanks asking. Thanks, William me. Dickie. Thanks, Gary. See, there's not too many referees are invited much anywhere. You know, the last invite anywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you never asked anything. But look, thanks very much. And I really enjoyed it. And more that to you, you know, you know so you're doing a great job. And it's not because I'm on it, but, you know, for it's good oh, to have a chat, a chat about GA, you know. Yeah, we might have to get you back on at the end of this league now to review all these rules. Oh, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, yeah. We'll be all, we could be all jumping up and down by the end of the league. <laughs> I just think just give it a chance. Give it a, give it a week or two and, or give it a few weeks and let's see how it works out then. And if it's to be tweaked, I think it'll be tweaked. And uh, But the rules are there, I suppose. You know, So it's going to be difficult. I think as Joanne Cantwell said, or not, said the other night, I think the rules are there. They're in. So... You know, whether we can tweak him a bit, I think then we'll see. Matt Johanan trying to buy himself a bit of space. A point for Matt Johanan. It's not here. It's in the net. It's in the net. It's in the net. The ball is in the net. It's a goal for Wexford. It's in the net. Well, let's just, I don't know, take Dickie's advice and let it go more than two weeks. Maybe judge it at the end of the league. Hopefully... Things will get better. Uh, unfortunately, Shane Tompkins could not make it. As yeah, he had a he said like I asked him to come on and he said, Ben, I'm not coming on to talk to any referee. I hate all the referees in Wexford. They're a shower of and I won't I won't say what he said at the end, but basically he not a fan of referees so I know Shane has had his reasons for not coming onto the podcast but I don't believe that for a second uh, believe what you want he you know it was it was vicious to be honest now but sure anyway thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new podcast take care go Wexford most importantly I'd like to thank you the people of Wexford who stuck with us through taking pain Hello, Wexford!